Look at Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. It's one of my, my favorite passages of scripture that, that was read this morning. I enjoy that so much. And, and seeing that passage in Luke where the Lord said, you know, this day is the scripture fulfilled. I think, I hope, by the grace of God, we'll enter into a little bit of that in this passage. Paul is writing to Timothy. In the beginning of chapter 3, he, he warns Timothy of perilous times to come. My friends, I tell you that right now as we live in this earth, we're living in the heart of these perilous times. These are perilous times. If you want to know why they're perilous times, you read the beginning of chapter 3 and you'll find out. Men are lovers of themselves. This world is absolutely religious as it can get. They have a form of godliness, a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They're denying the power of that thereof. That's what this, this world is doing right now behind the pulpits today. They're talking about a Jesus. They're talking about a God. They're talking about a work, but they're denying the power thereof. And they're, ascri- they're ascribing power to, to man. And they're giving man the power in salvation. Perilous times. And Paul, as he describes his perilous times unto Timothy, he, he gives him some word of comfort too. He said, you know my doctrine. You know my faith, my charity, my manner of life. And you know the afflictions and you know the persecutions. Paul said, I bear the marks in my body. And he did. I think it was, what, three times he was shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, whipped, left for dead. He said, I bear in my body the marks. But throughout all the things that I experienced and everything that I went through, he said, the Lord delivered me out of it all. And he will, won't he? The people of God can rest in that. The Lord will deliver. Whatever I go through in this life, the Lord will deliver deliver me out of it all. He'll deliver me. Look at verse 14. Well, this will be the heart of what we'll look at. Paul, writing to Timothy, says, but continue, continue. These are perilous times. These are dark days. But continue, continue. Run that race with patience, looking to Christ. Continue. Don't give up. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. But continue. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, now, Timothy, Timothy from a very young child was taught the word of God, taught it by his grandmother and by his mother. They taught him the word. And let us learn from their example and from what Paul is saying here to Timothy. Teach our children. Open up God's word. Show them what God has said. This is God's word. Teach them. Instruct them. When the gospel is preached, make sure they're there. What else in this world matters but their souls? Teach them. Parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, 
everyone. Teach them. Teach them in your lives. Let your lives and your actions be a testimony unto them of the work of grace of God performed in you and to you. Teach them. And Paul, or Timothy, Timothy learned the gospel from Paul. Paul instructed him. Paul taught him. He learned the gospel from a messenger of God, didn't he? I'll tell you what, if if we're going to really be assured of whom we know these things, it's by the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his spirit in our hearts. That's where that true assurance of knowledge and understanding comes from, doesn't it? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And the Lord said to Peter, he said, you're blessed. Why? Flesh and blood didn't reveal that unto you. He said, my father revealed that unto you. How are we going to know these things? I, I can open up the word of God and I can, I can read things. And to be honest with you, there are a lot of things I don't understand. But by the grace of God, I believe it. Because I know this is God's word. And he's right and he's true. And I pray that he give me some understanding that I can understand it. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known what? The Holy Scriptures. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about the Holy Scriptures. The word of God. Now, now understand that it, at this writing, the New Testament was not in existence. The epistles were going out. So what they had was the Old Testament. That's what Paul's referring to. Here's the Old Testament. We, in our day and age, are blessed to have the New Testament to go along with it. But that's what Paul's talking about when he says the Holy Scriptures. Now he's talking about the Old Testament. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ, when he went and sat into the synagogue and he opened up Isaiah chapter 61, he, he was looking at the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Through faith. Don't miss that through faith now. Through faith which is in a person. He who fulfilled it all. The Lord Jesus Christ. All scripture. All scripture. Is given how? By inspiration of God. It's not of private interpretation. These men wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. David, when he declared, he said, Thy word was in my my tongue and in my mouth. Thus saith the Lord. That was our message, wasn't it? The prophets of old, it was thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And you read that God spoke to him. He said, you go and you tell him this. Thus saith the Lord. All scriptures are given by inspiration to God. And this, the New Testament is given by inspiration to God. John said in 1 John, he said, that which we declare unto you, we got of him. That's what we declare unto you. Paul said, Paul said I didn't learn, my gospel is not of men, by men, from men. He said, I learned it from Christ. He said, when the Lord revealed himself unto me, I didn't go into Jerusalem. I went into the desert. And there Christ himself revealed unto me his, his, himself and his word. He gave me the gospel. It's not a private interpretation. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. And it's profitable. What's it profitable? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction and righteousness. For what purpose? That the man of God may be perfect, mature, grow up, thoroughly, throughly furnished unto all good works. 
Now, in the midst of these perilous times, like I said, we live in these perilous times today. In the midst of these perilous times, the people of God, the children of God, the sheep of God, have a wonderful gift from God Almighty. They have his word. We have, this is God's word. We have the word of God, the inspired word of God. The Bible, the Holy Scriptures, is God's word. It is his written word. The authority of the Bible cannot be questioned. Men will deny it, but you cannot question it that this is God's word. The authority of it, it's God's word. He who sits on the throne of heaven, this is his word. The origin, doctrine, teachings of the Bible cannot be disputed. And everything it says must be received as true because it's his word. And he speaks truth and he is truth. It must be submitted to. Because it's his word, and it must be obeyed, because it's God's word. Paul declares that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration of God is God breathed. It is God breathed. God used men to write his word, but these men are not the authors of this word. God's the author of it. Man, it's just but an instrument, an earthen vessel. Paul said we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The man's nothing. God uses a man as he sees fit. And God used men to write this word. This is not a message of man, by man, from man. It's God's message. The Bible is the inspired word of God. And it's pure, it's perfect, it's wonderful, and it's amazing. And you think about it for a second. This word, this, this word here was written over an extensive amount of time. It was written by... Shepherds, kings, fishermen, on different continents, in three different languages, in different parts and places of this world, by men from different backgrounds and education, experience, lifestyle. And this word is absolutely, completely harmonious. From beginning to end. Every prophecy of the old scripture, every prophecy came to pass. Our brother read one this morning. Every prophecy unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Every prophecy, his life, born of a virgin, his life, his death, his resurrection, his burial, the things that would happen to him, they cast lots for his garment, everything, every prophecy in the Old Testament came to pass. You remember when they even went to the Herod, the, the, the shepherds went to Herod? How is it that they were trying to find where Christ was going to be born? They went to this book. Every prophecy came to pass. Every type, every picture fulfilled by Christ. Every single one. John said, Behold the Lamb of God. What was it Abraham said to Isaac? The Lord will prepare himself a sacrifice, a ransom. Throughout all those, those sacrifices, 
When the Lord smote the land of Egypt with the blood, John said, Behold the Lamb of God. There's a fulfillment of it all right there. Behold the Lamb of God. Every picture, every type. The ark. That ark was Christ, wasn't it? Fulfilled. The mercy seat. Every single one. It all pointed to him. And every promise that we in these perilous times have, that we find in the New Testament, it will all be fulfilled. It will all be fulfilled. He shall come again, and he shall gather his people, and he will carry them into his kingdom, and we will be with him for all eternity, and he will wipe away every tear, and there will be no more pain, there will be no more death, there will be no more sorrow, and the hand of God shall wipe away every tear from our eye. Every promise in this word will be fulfilled. And you can rest in that. And you can stand secure and hope in those promises. From beginning to end is in perfect harmony. And every word is infallible. Every word is inerrant. And man will debate this. Man will argue this. Man will deny this. That the Bible is God's word as long as this world exists. And that's nothing but a manifestation of man's hatred for God and unbelief. Let him deny it. Let him argue it. I'm not worried about debating with man about this. We just simply declare it. And by the grace of God, believe it. Now Paul told Timothy that the Holy Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation, which is in Christ Jesus. Understand a couple things in regards to what he says here. The Scriptures alone will not save you. The Scriptures alone will not make you wise unto salvation. Christ declared concerning the Jews, they search the scriptures, for in them they think they have eternal life. They searched the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. But they were trusting in their keeping of the law contained in the scriptures. They were trusting in their knowledge of the scriptures. And what they failed to see was the Christ of the scriptures. He said, they testify me. This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. I'm the one that was anointed of the Lord to come and preach the gospel to the poor and to heal them and to set them free. And this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. But what they say, that's Joseph's son. And he's saying that he's the Messiah. He said, you won't come unto me that you might have life. And the scriptures there, they which testify of me. They would not come to him. They would not believe him. The word did not abide in their heart. The only way you can know Christ, see Christ, and come to Christ is by faith. By faith. Scriptures make you wise into salvation. How? Through faith. There are those that are ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Why? Because God doesn't give you faith. And faith isn't produced in this heart. Faith isn't produced by man. Man doesn't exercise it. Man doesn't generate it. Man doesn't create it. Faith is the gift of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. We're saved by grace through faith and that out of yourselves is the gift to God. Without faith, the scriptures and the gospel will not profit you. It's a savor of life unto some, right? But it's also a savor of death. What makes a difference? 
Paul said, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. The gospel is preached unto us, and the gospel is preached unto them. But, the word preached, the word preached, did not profit them. Why? Why didn't it profit them? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. God's got to give us faith. And if God gives us faith, the word of God, the scriptures, will make us wise into salvation, won't it? How can a man be just with God? Open his word. Find out. Read it. How can a man be accepted with God? Open his word. How can God be just and justify a sinner like me? Open his word. How can he redeem me? How could he love me? And send his son down to this world. You want to know how God saves a sinner? Open this word and find out. When Paul went into the when Paul went into Thessalonica, I believe it was Thessalonica, the Bereans, what did they do? They went home and they opened up the word of God to find out if what Paul was saying was true. And I wish this world would do the same thing. They're sitting there listening to these men lying to them, deceiving them. And they won't go home and they won't open up God's word to find out if these things are true. Open God's word. Read it. These things are written. Why? That you might believe. Believe Christ. That he is who he is. And that he accomplished on the cross the salvation of his people. Paul declares the scriptures are profitable. David wrote, the entrance of thy words giveth light and understanding. Jeremiah wrote, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. God's word is profitable, my friends. It's profitable. It's not just to be kept on a nightstand or a coffee table or some bookshelf somewhere. It's profitable. It's not just to be picked up on Sundays and Wednesdays. It's profitable. It should be read. And not just read, it should be studied and searched diligently, carefully, prayerfully. What importance does God's word and the reading of his word have in our lives? What importance does it have? And can we be honest with ourselves? How often do we open God's word? How often do we read it? And not just read it, so we can knock out a chapter, but read it. Praying that God would give us wisdom and understanding. Study it. Search it. You know, we can read Isaiah chapter 61. We can read that. But when we begin to study, and we begin to search the scriptures, we read Isaiah chapter 61, and then we go to Luke chapter 4. And we see that it's fulfilled. Search it. Study it. The scriptures are profitable. What are they profitable? Well, Paul says they're profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. 
by the scriptures, by the word of God, we know who God is. In the beginning, God. God. And as we read through the word of God, we see who he is, the creator of all things. We see his sovereignty. We see that he's holy. We see that he's just. We see that he's a sure foundation. We see all these things concerning God. He's holy and just and pure and true and sovereign and sits on the throne of heaven. We open up God's word and it's profitable for doctrine. We are taught who God is. And we're taught who man is. In the Garden of Eden, we begin in the beginning. Adam sinned and fell. And everyone whom he represented, which is all mankind, fell in him. We see that man is sin. We see that man is helpless. We see that man is depraved. And we also see how God can be just and a savior. In, by, and through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's profitable for doctrine, for teaching. Our doctrine is not of man, by man, or from man. Our doctrine is completely and entirely the word of God. I have no use for the opinions of man, the thoughts of man, the philosophies of man, the religions of man, the writings of man, the creeds of man, or anything else of man. I have no use for it. Our doctrine is from the word of God. And it's all the word of God. And it's only the word of God. And we dare not take anything away from it or add anything to it. It is by the word of God that we are taught and instructed in the truth. And it is by the word of God that we know all things. The doctrine of God's word, the subject of God's word is Christ from beginning to end. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light. <laughs> that light was Christ. From beginning to end, our doctrine is Christ. The Lord said to those Pharisees, he said, concerning the, the scriptures, they are they which testify me. He said, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have life. But there they which testify of me. Look at Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. What is our doctrine? What is our doctrine? Luke chapter 24, verse 44. <clears throat> and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. Well, which things must be fulfilled? Those things which were written in the law of Moses, the first five books, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms. That's the entire Old Testament right there. The law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. Who do they write of? Who was Isaiah writing of? Christ. Who did all of the prophets and Moses and David, who did they write of? Christ. They wrote of a person. And what did he do? Then he opened their understanding that they might understand what? The scriptures. <laughs> he opened their understanding.
that they might understand the scriptures, that they might see Christ of whom all of thee wrote and testified of. It's important to understand that we do not preach righteousness. We don't preach righteousness. We don't preach justification. We don't preach sanctification. We don't preach redemption. We preach Christ, our righteousness. We preach Christ, our sanctification. We preach Christ, our justification. Christ, our salvation. Christ, our all. Our message is a person. It's a person. The scriptures are profitable for reproof. The word of God reveals and shows us what and who we are by nature. It reveals our sin. It reveals our depravity. It convicts us of our sin. It causes us to repent, doesn't it? And to come to Christ, to seek Christ for mercy, for grace. And it continues to do this throughout our life. The word of God reproves us, doesn't it? And we need to be reproved. All the time, we need to be reproved. We need to be reminded of what we are. That's what Paul was saying when we read earlier. He said, these things are safe. They're safe. It's not grievous for me to write this to you again and again. It's safe. We need to be put in remembrance of these things. It reproves us, and that's good. Because we need to be reproved. We need to be reminded of what we are. To look in a mirror and be able to see exactly what we are by nature. And to have that reminded to us and revealed unto us because it's going to reprove us. It's going to humble us. And it's going to cause us to stay at the feet of Christ. To seek his mercy and to seek his grace. It reproves us. I'll tell you another thing too. This word, the word of God, it reproves all of the lies. It reproves all of the heresies, the philosophies, whatever you want to call it of this religious, evil, corrupt world. It reproves it. Nowhere in the word of God is their teaching found. Nowhere. And I understand that they, they use the word of God, but they'll take a little verse here out of context and twist it and contort it to mean what they want it to say. But their doctrine, their teaching, is not found anywhere in the Word of God. Nowhere. And the Word of God reproves them. God loves everybody? Show me where. Show me where, from Genesis to Revelation, it says that God loves everybody. It's not there. And I'll tell you what, I'll go to Romans chapter 9, and I'll tell you where God said he hated Esau. There goes your everybody right there. Everybody's gone out the window now. God loves everybody. The Lord declares he hates the workers of iniquity. Well, who are the workers of iniquity? Everyone. By nature, that's what we are, aren't we? We're workers of iniquity. We drink iniquity like water. In fact, David said, I was conceived in sin and shapen in iniquity. God loves everybody. We better find out who God loves. If we want to know the love of God, God loves those in Christ. God loves everybody. 
Christ died for all men. Show me where. Show me where. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I lay my life down for the sheep. And just before that, he told those Pharisees, he said, you're not of my sheep. God laid, Christ laid his life down for those whom God the Father chose in him before the foundation of the world. And he, in that covenant of grace, became surety for and shed his blood for. And he declared unto them, all of those whom thou hast given me, I've lost none, but I've given them life. Christ died for everybody. The word of God reproves it, doesn't it? What makes manifest the lies? Light. That makes manifest. Christ made salvation possible or attainable. He entered into the holiest of holies with his blood, having obtained eternal redemption. As he hung on that cross, he cried out, it's finished. It's finished. That's not, is that complicated? Is that hard to understand? It's finished. You need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. So salvation is according to man's acceptance. So according to man, where, where is that found? The Lord himself declared, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. If your good outweighs your bad, God will save you. Salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. It reproves it, doesn't it? The scriptures are profitable for what? For correction. The word of God declares our thoughts are not his thoughts, our ways are not his ways. And we need to be corrected, don't we? We need correction. And the word of God corrects us. See, the life of a believer is one that needs constant correction. We're prone to, to wander and go astray, aren't we? So easily. Paul said, you're so soon removed from the gospel. Why? So soon. We're prone to wander and go astray. We need to be corrected. And that when we open the word of God, it corrects us, doesn't it? We're prone to leave the path of righteousness, prone to take our eyes of Christ and begin to look within. And the word of God corrects us. We're so prone to love this world and the things of this world and the pleasures and the treasures of this world. And the word of God corrects us. And we're also so prone to fear, so prone to doubt, so prone to be just filled with unbelief. The word of God corrects us. Lovingly corrects us. Whom the Lord chastens, he chastens because he loves, doesn't he? Why do we correct our children? Because I love them. Because I love them. I correct my children. The scriptures are profitable for instruction in righteousness. The word of God instructs us concerning Christ, our righteousness. It teaches us what righteousness is by declaring unto us and showing unto us who Christ is. Apart from the knowledge of Christ, there is no knowledge of righteousness. That is why unregenerate men men are going about 
trying to establish their own righteousness and not submitting themselves unto the righteousness of Christ. They don't know Christ. And so therefore they don't know what and who righteousness is. They do not know Christ and have no knowledge of true righteousness. Those who know Christ, as Paul said, as we read earlier, desire to be found in him, not having their own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness which is by the faith of Christ and that righteousness which is of God by faith. The scriptures. The scriptures are a rule of faith and practice. The more we know of him, the more we know of Christ, the more we're instructed in righteousness, isn't it? And the more we grow. The scriptures are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. That word perfect is mature, complete, fitted, Thoroughly furnished. It's completed for a special purpose and service. Thoroughly furnished. You know, we, we, we have kitchens. And what do we, we put in our kitchens? We put stoves and, and fridges, blenders, those things. Why? Well, the kitchen serves a purpose, doesn't it? And by putting all those appliances in there, we make that kitchen Truly furnished for a specific purpose. And we, the people of God, are truly furnished by God, of God, through God, for a specific purpose. We're created in Christ Jesus unto good works, wherein he has ordained that we should walk in them. Do not neglect the Holy Scriptures, my friends. They are profitable. Real briefly, I want to show you a couple passages here. Look at Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19. The word of God reveals all of the things of God. It reveals his law, his statutes, his counsels, his purpose, his will, his goodness. It reveals everything. Everything concerning God, about God, is is contained in this word and is declared and revealed unto us. David said, the law of the Lord is perfect. How do you know the law of the Lord? It's right here. It's right here. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. And look at Psalm 119. The word of God is profitable. But it will only be profitable to us by the power of God. God Almighty makes it profitable. His laws, testimonies, statutes, all those things, right? Okay. 
Psalm 119, verse 33. How is the word of God going to be profitable to us? Look what David says in Psalm 119, verse 33. Lord, you got to teach me. You got to teach me. We're not going to figure this out just by reading, are we? We might intellectually have some understanding of it. We might be able to memorize it, but how are we going to be taught it? Taught it. Teach me, O Lord. Teach me. Teach me what? The way of thy statutes. <laughs> teach me. Teach me the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Lord, you gotta give me understanding. Flesh and blood can't reveal this unto me. You gotta give me understanding. And I shall keep thy law, yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. And make me to go in the path of thy commandments. <laughs> He's got to make us, doesn't he? We're just so stubborn and stiff-necked by nature. You got to make me. For therein do I delight. <laughs> He's got to make us go in that in which we delight. <laughs> Isn't it amazing the word of God tells us to rejoice? Commands us to rejoice. Doesn't that just kind of reveal into us a little bit of our depravity? And man wants to talk about their will. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, not unto this world, not unto vanity, not unto lies. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. And turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Keep my eyes on Christ. Keep my eyes looking to him, the author and the finisher of faith. And quicken thou me in thy way. Establish what? Thy word. Thy word. Establish it in my heart. Write it in my heart. Unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. David wrote, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as we journey and walk through this world, may we do so in the light of God's word. And I just want to read one last thing here to you. Because I don't want to miss this. I want to, deal, I want to deal with this. Chapter 4 is a very unfortunate chapter division in this passage of Scripture. So we read Paul's Timothy, or, or Paul's instruction to Timothy. Concerning the Holy Scriptures, and in chapter 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Every man is going to stand before God. Every single man is going to stand before God. And he's going to judge the quick, and he's going to judge the dead. People aren't preaching that today, are they? But every man is going to stand before God, and he's going to give an account. Preach the word. Preach the word. This gospel, the gospel of Christ, is according to this word. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, This is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. And this is the word by which we are born again. Not of, incorrupt, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing how? By the word of God. We're begat of God by his own will, according to his word. And he said, you preach the word. Our message is according to this book. And our message is a person. 
John, in 1 John 1, verse 1, talked about that which we have seen and heard. Our hands are handled. What was it? The word of life. Who did John handle? (laughs) The word of life. In the beginning was what? The word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And Paul talking into or Paul in the book of Corinthians, he said, talking about, we say we preach the cross. He said, the Lord didn't send me to baptize. He sent me to preach the gospel, the gospel, the message of the cross. And he went through that and he said, we preach Christ and him crucified. To preach the word is to preach Christ. And I want to show you one last thing. Galatians chapter one. And I promise you, I'm done. I came across this the other day. I, 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 I've. I don't know how many times I've read this chapter. And I hadn't seen this. Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not of man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Paul confirms his apostleship here to these Galatians. And all the brethren which are with me. Paul wasn't alone. Paul was united together in this unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins. Why did he give himself? For our sins. Why? That he might deliver us from this present evil world. How? Why did he do that? According to the will of God and our Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He said, I marvel. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. What is our gospel? It's a message of a person. Do you see those two words from him? What were they removed from? Paul didn't say that you were removed from the gospel into another gospel. Paul said you were removed from him unto another gospel. This word. This word is God's word. It's the only thing that's true in this world. It sits right here. And what a blessed gift that God Almighty from the throne of heaven would give us. This word. And this word, from beginning to end, is concerning a person. A person. Heaven is a person. My hope is a person. My salvation is a person. My joy is a person. It's concerning Christ. And this gospel we preach is concerning a person. It's who he is, the son of God, manifest in the flesh, the son of God. And it's concerning what he accomplished, the salvation of his people when he went to the cross of Calvary and bore their sins and endured their wrath and satisfied the demands of God's justice and redeemed them and freed them. I hope that's a blessing.